<laughs> Damn it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Chip Hazard. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> He'll be here in a few seconds, though. But I am Roger Sierra. And if you haven't figured it out by now, ladies and gentlemen, this is part four of our uh, Sports Scandals episodes. This is the final five we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, yeah, let's not fuck about. Let's get straight into it. Uh, fuck it. I'll go ahead and read it. Let's go ahead and just kick it off. We're going to be kicking it off tonight with baseball's steroid error. Now, records were falling left and right and right and left. And, uh, well, the arms were also getting very, very bigger in this situation. Well, at first it was obvious. Then the league became oblivious to it. But players, league managers, and especially audience members were in denial. Then the Mitchell report came out, and it was way too obvious to miss. Now it's simply remembered, though some fear it isn't fully over, as the infamous steroid error. Uh, gentlemen, thoughts? Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll start <laughs> off. Not, not all at once. Before, I mean, before, well, we get, before we get <laughs> into ahead. what we really want to talk about, I've said right. this for, forever in a day. Yes, these players used steroids. However, that does not help with hand-eye coordination. They still have to be able to hit the ball, right? Uh, it, well, it doesn't uh, make them. It doesn't make them hit better. Uh, or, let me rephrase that: it doesn't make them hit more often. It just makes them hit harder. Well, right. Earlier today, I said the comparison of uh, Ken Griffey Jr. In his first 12 seasons, Barry Bonds in his 12 seasons, which was Ken Griffey pre-injury and Barry Bonds pre-steroids. Barry Bonds pre-steroids was still a slugger. I mean, we talked about this. Yeah. I mean, he probably would have still been on pace to beat the record if he wasn't on steroids. I mean, there's many people that think had, if, 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 let's just say just for the sake of argument, if Barry Bonds, this was just him in Pittsburgh. He had like three MVPs and so many home runs and stuff like that. Like he was a bona fide Hall of Famer, despite what the writers want to. I mean, hell, he was good enough to win three MVPs, but he's not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Fuck yourself. Um, you know, he won seven Golden Gloves and seven Sluggers. It was a seven-time All Star in his first twelve seasons before steroids, and three-time MVP. Yeah, I so... mean, <laughs> he was already a Hall of Famer even before the steroid thing. But here's the thing: was is that a lot of people think when it comes to the steroid thing, a lot of these guys were taking things that weren't technically outlawed in major league baseball at the time, you know, like, I mean, that's like saying, and and again, I don't know the, I don't know the correct scientific words to use. So just, I'm going to use, I'm going to say something, but I'm only using it as an example for this particular comparison. That's like me taking creatine and I've been on creatine for two years, and then they say, okay, we're banning creatine. Oh, hey, you got creatine in your system. You're suspended. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I stopped the creatine. Well, it's still in your system. You're suspended. Like, you know, we see, but Balco came up with an ingenious way, you know, because, you know, normally steroids is it was a pill or you got shot in your ass. But now they made gummies and, this, and, and cream that you could rub on your body, you know. Um, 
not that skin bleaching cream that Sammy Sosa was using, but you know, it, but honestly, really, it's been going on. I think it's been going on for a while, like a long, forever. long time, forever. I don't really think it got big until Jose Canseco wrote wrote that book. I don't think it got big until Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Jose Canseco got big. But we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know. I mean, we knew it, but it wasn't like out there. We knew it. You know what I mean? But it wasn't until it it was exposed to the masses, you know, which steroids finally made its baseball ban substance list in uh, 1991. However, testing for Major League Baseball did not begin until the 2003 season. While still while testing for steroids began, the usage just didn't stop. You know, um, hell, even before the whole testing thing, I mean, fucking guys like Willie Stargell uh, was known to do steroids. Uh, Bill Madlock was known to do steroids. Murray Chase, uh, Goose Gossage, like a lot of the players in the past. Hell, a lot of people said that Mickey Mantle even used steroids. You know, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, uh, funny, interesting story. Babe Ruth administered to himself an injection of an, an extract from sheep testicles. Um, Your silence tells me everything I need to know about that statement. No, I don't want to get to Babe Ruth and <laughs> his, his garbage ass. So yeah, about him. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, so Roger brought it up just a minute ago. You know, Jose yeah. Canseco wrote a book in 2005 called Juiced. And in that book, he stated that as much as 80% of all MLB players use steroids. And he admitted to using steroids for his entire career. Uh, and then I don't know about his entire career because he wasn't even big until like way later in his life. I, I'm just saying what he said. Oh no, I mean, it, but I mean, he's supposed to like, yeah, we we do it all the time, and you know, just trying to like brush it off, probably. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, Ken Kaminsky yeah, wasn't a big said deal, that he you know? won the '96 National League MVP while he was on steroids. Uh, Alex Rodriguez tested positive for steroids in 2003. Obviously, we know uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds. Uh, Mr. Uh, Sosa Vice himself, uh, Kurt Schilling, Jason Giambi, Juan, Gar- uh, Juan Gonzalez, Pedro all, Rodriguez. Ravishing Rick Rude was not on it, all right? No, we talked about how he was, he looked like a bloated Rick Rude. Yes. Yes. Wait, who, who looked like a bloated Rick Rude? Oh, yeah, Rafael Palmeiro. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I have never, ever done steroids. Period. Four weeks later, you get popped. Like, come on, bro. You're pissed in the wrong cup. You, you used the you you did you used you put the wrong piss in the whizinator. Remember when that whole thing was going around? It got uh-huh. to a point to where people the, the I can't remember who who did it. It was somebody who tried to avoid a positive steroid <laughs> test. And normally, you know, because the whole thing is, oh, you can use somebody else's urine. And it'll come out clean, and you, you can continue to take the steroids or continue to take whatever. But then they made—I think they made it to where like they have to see you use, That's see you kiss, yeah. yeah. So somebody created the Wizinator, which where you use the clean urine in this um, fake dick, fake dick, yeah. and 
that's what you know. Um, matter of fact, who was it that got caught with the wizard? Hold on, let me look this up real quick. I don't know who was walking around who? with a fake dick. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> wow. You think? Yeah, you can still buy it for forty five dollars. <laughs> It's for synthetic urine, is what the, what it's called. Yeah, I bet it is. Oh, there you go. It was min- It was this was back in two thousand and five. It was Vikings running back Ontario Smith. I don't remember who that He's is. He's the one that got caught. He's the one that got caught with the Wizardator. He was banned. He was banned by the NFL for multiple repeat violations of the substance abuse policy. Um, was once he yeah was once caught. With dried urine and a whizinator. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, if you I mean uh, people go up and beyond to try to pass a drug test or you know whatever. I mean, that's I get true. it, but I guess, but I mean, that's just weird to me. Yeah, it is. It's um, very weird. Yes. So, so speaking of Barry Bonds, he actually wrote a book as well. Uh, that that was published in 2006 called The Game of Shadows. And he admitted that he did use a clear substance and lotion that was given to him by his personal trainer, but he had no idea that there were any sort of performance enhancers. Bonds claimed that his knowledge, the substances given to him, were legal to treat his arthritis. Yeah, Balco. (laughs) Yeah. That was Balco. Yeah. I know. That's I, I, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to keep us on track. You over here Look, talking I, about you over here talking about fake dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare you bring up fake dicks? <laughs> do, hey, do you think Sammy Sosa used a fake dick? He probably did. What I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what color would it have been? <laughs> <laughs> You beat me to it. Oh. Did he, did he use the fake dick to apply his bleaching cream? <laughs> probably looked like a damn barbershop pole. Oh. What it probably looked like. Oh my god. <laughs> did he have one for every skin color change? <laughs> Just off the rails, off the rip. <laughs> Not the way I expected it to go either. So, I mean, I mean, so, don't even know what to say about this. I was really, I was excited about this this episode so we could talk about the man finally. But man, we uh, oh, yes, we we don't hit a different kind of curveball in this bitch. <laughs> this one on bunked off Jose Canseco's head for real. Oh, man. Oh, Lee. Oh. Yeah. See, why don't you start talking about fake dicks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, I'm not saying I approved. I'm just, I'm just not going to pretend it didn't happen, okay? <laughs> I mean, you do you. <laughs> uh, but since since we are talking a little bit about Sammy Sosa, fake dicks. Oh, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
no. Uh, <laughs> Sammy Sosa, according to the records, he is second <coughs> all time in home runs amongst foreign born MLE players and is one of only three National League players since the 1900s to reach 160 RBIs in one season. And he is also the only player to have 60 or more home runs in a single season three separate times, which he accomplished in 98, 99, and 2001. However, he did not lead the league in home runs in any of those seasons. Huh. Because Bart McGuire always beat him out, what, didn't he? Uh, I know they had a couple years back and forth, but I didn't know it was always. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was always, like, anytime the home run race was going on, it was Maguire, Sosa, and Griffey would be in there sometimes. And then it wasn't until later on when Bonds showed up out of nowhere and started just hitting him out of the park. You know, and then Major League uh, Baseball's drug policy uh, kicked in uh, with Commissioner Faye Vincent. Uh... You know, and then it's it's now as of March of 2014, the players and owners announced that the penalties for a positive test would be increased to an 80 game suspension for a first offense, uh, then uh, escalate to a 162 game suspension, so basically a full season. And then the, if you get popped uh, for steroids for a third time, it's a lifetime ban from the sport of baseball. Yeah. Uh, so as of 2022, Sammy Sosa is no longer uh, in consideration to be into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, 2022 was his final uh, appearance on the ballot. So was Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Yeah, I was gonna say all three of them. The uh, thing is that you're it's like when the people vote, you're required to have 75 percent of the vote to be. Uh, to be required to, to, for the election into the Hall of Fame. Bonds and Clemens' final year on the ballot, Bonds had 66%, Clemens had 65%. Which I don't understand why it's, there's just a short period of time as to, like, why, you know, like, I mean, they don't do that for, like, I mean, the, the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I mean, there are people who have been, like, there's some, who was it? Somebody waited, like, 20 years or something to be put in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? It's like, why is there a time limit set on when someone should or should not go? I mean, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a fucking Hall of Famer, regardless of how long it quote unquote takes you to get in. But the thing about it is, is that, and, and this is just, and this is going to go on a whole nother subject, but let me just be honest. Off the field, personality wise, who gives a fuck? Were they good on the field? Were they the best at their game? You know, and yeah. Barry Bonds, even before the steroids, like, like what we talked about before we started recording, even before the whole steroid uh, speculation, he was a fucking Hall of Famer. What what were the stats that you read off to me earlier, Raj? Uh, I mean, he he just had an outstanding. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I got it right here. Yeah. Um, so in his first twelve years, uh, twelve season, uh, yeah, first twelve seasons from the age of twenty one to thirty two, he played one thousand seven hundred forty two games. He was at the bat 6,049 times. So at that 6,069, sorry, at best. In that time, he had 1,244 runs, 1,750 hits, 359 doubles, 56 triples, 
374 home runs, 1,094 RBIs, 417 stolen bases. He was walked 1,227 times, struck out 958 times. Uh, his average, um, his batting average was uh, 0.28. Um, his slugging was a 5.51 and uh, all that stuff. But I mean, so at 6,000, so he he pretty much was at bat almost four times per game and almost average, he averaged a hit per game, no matter what. Uh, he actually averaged above a hit per game at that time. He averaged a 70% run record, uh, 70% walk record also, which is ridiculous that he was able to hit that much and get walked that much. Um, he did strike out about half the time, but when he wasn't striking out, I mean, he was hitting when he was hitting the ball. He hit the ball pretty much every single time when he didn't strike out. And then it was either a triple or a double. Uh, yeah, a triple or a double or a home run. Like there was no singles, pretty much. But like, my thing is how many times he stole the base? Four hundred seventeen times. That's insane. That's twenty four twenty four percent of the time during a game. That's ridiculous. And then he got swollen up and couldn't run anymore. That's why he got out of the outfield too. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> oh, I was going through looking at like players that are in the Hall of Fame. And I mean, it's basically a who's who of of baseball players but it's weird that they so I mean I mean back in the day there were some guys that obviously had some of their own vices I mean some were I mean there were people that did cocaine LSD all that stuff those were technically bad substances but those guys were allowed to be in the Hall of Fame yep I mean y'all want to put Babe Ruth in there and he'd even play with people of color well he he was also if I'm not mistaken, uh, wasn't he like a woman beater? Uh, all of them were back then. I mean, was it was it Mickey Mantle that was with Marilyn Monroe or DiMaggio? DiMaggio. That was Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Joe DiMaggio. I mean, it was one of the. It was and one he was of also the big Yankees. He was also abusive too, and he had. Did he get caught a lot of time with like being super drunk? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, Babe Ruth. They said he was always drunk. Yeah, he would drink in the dugout. He yeah. would smoke on the mound. Like people were like, oh, he was so good, he smoked on the mound. Oh, that's that that qualifies as a good. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I don't know. I, you, you you would think you would think that all the accolades before the quote unquote you know juicing that he would make Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer, but. No, apparently it doesn't. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with, with his uh, personality. And if you talk to like some sports writers and stuff like that, I think it was Skip Bayless who said because he was <laughs> working for. Now hang on, he was working for the. <laughs> he was. I know. Um, he, he might have some skewed opinions, but he did, you know, work in the Bay Area um, and followed the chase uh, to um, a Barry Bonds home run chase. 
and he 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 can attest that Barry Bonds did not like the media, and most of the media didn't like him as just as a person because he would always give them you know slack you know disrespectful comments like try to intimidate them and things of that nature. Um, but normally when we talk about steroid abuse and stuff like that like everybody what's the, what's the first thing people always go to oh we talk about Barry Bonds you know but let's not act like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa that they're not you know that they don't get off scot-free like they were you know just as guilty of it as well but then again like what I said you know a couple of days ago for every superstar player who who's juiced up like a million other double A and triple A guys have juiced up too. So the playing field was plenty even back then. My thing is though, the only reason why people talk about Barry Bonds is because he broke the record. Um, yep. Which obviously is going to be an issue because the other guys didn't break the record, even though that's pretty much what they were used for because they were reaching, they were trying to reach the record. So um, that's like. Like I, like we were talking about earlier, Barry Bonds probably would reach that record without the steroids. More than likely, and more than it likely, might have he's taken him another season or two. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we 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 could we by his by his pace he was going. I mean, he was averaging a hit per game and almost almost pretty much getting a homer every game too. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, it take him a couple seasons or two more, maybe at most. But I mean, that's just come on, right? But I mean, we could be on this steroid uh, case for forever and a day, just because it's so deep rooted. We may have to do a deep dive into it one one episode. Um, but let's move on from that. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, which one do you guys want to take? This next one. Uh, let's see. The next one. Well, is... not all everybody at once. <laughs> well, we're trying. I, I, I'll probably. I can take it. That's fine. I'm just trying. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, right. Next on the list is uh, the old match fixer and the guy that screwed Allen Iverson out of a championship. Tim and Donahue. the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> yeah, they definitely fuck him. Um, took away two. <laughs> took away my chances of my boy AI making it. But Tim uh, Donahue, aka Mister Gambles himself, who is a special guest referee in AEW at one time. Remember that? Yep. Uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense, but okay. Uh, I mean, when you can't get Earl Hebner, you know, get his son, <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, um, so two gamblers and one pitcher. And the difference is one confined himself to the legal states of gam- stages of gambling. The other one bet on games in which he participated. And a culprit is, unless you've never followed the NBA, it's Tim Donahue. Uh, now the most notorious ref in the uh, history of sports, bet on many games in which he ref. And undoubtedly calling the game according to where he had money to game. He also wrote a book about it. Um... Can't remember off the top of my head, but he talked about all the games that he fixed, and he said about he called out a few other refs that were involved in it, and that knowledge of the NBA was it wasn't much of a secret for the execs and stuff like that. Uh, but sporting gambling expert RJ Bell, president of sports betting information site pregame.com, tracked every game Donnie worked from 2003 to 2007. And he discovered that during the two seasons investigated by the NBA, the teams involved scored more points than expected by the Las Vegas sports books 
57 percent of the time that's ridiculous yeah um in the previous two seasons it's only having 44 percent of the time and according to bell the odds of such a discrepancy are one in a thousand and there was a 99.9 percent chance that those that these results would not have happened without announcing the factor i mean it's a 13 percent difference but it's also that vegas being almost 60 percent wrong right over over two course like that they're a uh, two season course that's no these bookies know what they're doing. They know their math. <laughs> right. Um, the house always wins in yeah. Vegas. So, I mean, if, if there's a small discrepancy, they're going to find it. And they're going to oh, yeah. figure out why this is happening. Yeah, they they, they going to get their money no matter what. Um, exactly. Um, he also found uh, R.J. Bell also. Are they R.J. Bell? Was that right? Yeah, R.J. Yeah, Bell. Yeah. Um, also found 10 straight games in 2007 in which Donnie worked the game that the point spread moved one and a half points or more before the tip. Um, and that's an indication that big money had been wagered on the game. Uh, the big money went every time. Another indication that something was going on. Um, there's a there's a movie about this. There's a movie about this, but recently um, there was a sports documentary on Netflix. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it was about the uh, it was a it's college basketball team. Uh, I think it was University of Las Vegas uh, and how two of the players ended up getting suckered into a uh, obviously about uh, UNLV yes yeah Uh, gosh I can't remember what it's called I'm looking at it right now Uh, man so I was reading this article about this whole thing right here and um the dude, so so uh, there was, there's Tim Donahue and his partner. Uh, I, I was just gonna say the name of his partner kills me. His name was James Jimmy Baba the Sheep Batista. Get the fuck out of here, for real! Oh my god, there's no way. <laughs> That's a fucking way. I will send you the article right now. <laughs> send me the article. All right, so I got it confused. Uh, so the documentary is called Bad Sport. Um, and it's pretty much... Um, it's about Arizona State back in the oh, okay. early 90s, I believe. But it, it's a docu-series, um, and this just happens to be the first episode. And it was about how two of the players ended up getting mixed up with a guy who was like a stockbroker or just a big... He was a big money guy to begin with, and he went to school with them. Um and he knew, and that guy knew a guy in Vegas that could get them to fix games. And the guy that works in Vegas explains the logistics of how to bet the over/under. Like, if you want to learn how to gamble, watch this one because it tells you exactly what you need to know and what the point spread is and how to get even and everything. But this guy was majoring like he went to like four or five casinos and would wager like just under ten grand at each one. And walk away with like forty million. Wow! But the but the college kids, he was only paying them like ten grand. So he was obviously making the big money because he was putting up the big money, and obviously he was tightly the highest at risk. But also the guys that were the college kids that were, you know, sacrificing their eligibility and everything like that. But yeah, you know. But no, it was actually really good, and it pretty much like it teaches you what match fit, how to 
notice match fixing, I guess, if you are into, uh, if you are into stuff like that. I mean, I like, and watching that, I pretty much started to learn how to gamble pretty well. I, do, I don't do hard betting. I do good, smart betting. I'd lose my shirt. Well, they always say don't bet on games that has a team you care about. So that's why I cannot bet on the NBA Finals or the playoffs right now because the subjects yeah. are in it. Although, uh, if I would have bet, I would definitely have bet for that Game 7 winner, and I probably would have made some good money, because I don't think anybody had the Celtics beating Giannis in Game 7. I certainly, uh, I mean, with them, with with the, with the Bucks gone, it's like, yeah, Boston's, <laughs> it's definitely going to be Boston. I, I uh, still say it's Boston and Warriors, I think. I, I won't say, say definitely, but. Yeah, yeah, the Heat, Heat are pretty, they're such an underrated team, and I'm worried about that because everybody's taking them lightly, and they've had more time to rest, so it could either be a good thing or a bad thing. Well, let's just hope that somebody like a Tim Donnelly is not refereeing either one of these games. Well, uh, speaking yeah, I mean, of I'll him. I'll go down there and fight somebody. Right? <laughs> um, so, uh, for 11 years, the official pot li- plot line had been that uh, Donahue was a rogue gambling addicted ref who made some bets on his own games and nothing more. The NBA conducted its own investigation and concluded that Donahue, in fact, did not fix games. Uh, But for many in and around the league, suspicions have remained that the full story has yet to be told and whatever happened has been suppressed. That's because they were part of it. I'm pretty, like I said, I think that book talks about how he was "quote unquote" not found uh, guilty and how he's able to get away with it. Right. Well, it, of course, allegations against the NBA that they talked about on June 10th of 2008. Donahue's attorney, <clears throat> excuse me, filed a document in court alleging, among other things, that Game Six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and Kings had been fixed by two referees. Um, and it said that the letter states that Donahue uh, learned from referee A that referee A and F wanted to extend this series to seven games. Tim knew referee A and F to be company men, hashtag, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in quotations, company men, uh, always acting in the best interest of the NBA. And that night it was in the NBA's best interest to add another game to the series. And in the game, the Lakers won game six, attempting 18 more free throws than the Kings did in the fourth quarter alone. And then the way went on to win the NBA finals later that year. Yeah, I, I just think it's stupid that they truly think we wouldn't figure out that Mike Bibby getting fouled out because Kobe Bryant elbowed him in the face was not a setup. Yeah. Like Mike Bibby got drilled in the face by Kobe Bryant's elbow. Oh, yeah. You're out of the game. What? How does that even work? Fucking okay, idiots. Yeah, yeah, and then on then on July 29th in 2008, Donahue he was sentenced in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York to 15 months in prison for his participation in the gambling scandal. Donahue uh, could face up to 33 months, but Judge Carol Alman uh, reduced his sentence down to 15 months. Two 15-month terms served concurrently following a three years of supervised release in exchange for his cooperation. Uh, Judge Aman uh, noted she held Donahue more culpable than the other two co-conspirators and added, without Mr. Donahue, there was no scheme. 
His lawyer, John uh, Loro, uh, asked for probation, but the request was denied. Donnie apologized in court, saying, I brought some shame on myself, my family, and my profession. Batista and Bartino, Martino were sentenced earlier that month, earning both of them uh, sentences of 15 months and 366 days, respectively. So uh, That's lame. Yeah, I know. Give them all the same. They all worked in them together. Yep. All right. Uh, <clears throat> well, let's let's move on to the next one. Uh, my thing is now, like, I'm just waiting for the next one of those to happen. And like, first of all, how is it not having the NFL when it's very blatant in the NFL? Uh, but I'm just waiting for the next one in basketball to happen because you know there's a lot of match fixing still going on. In- basketball right now right. oh yeah oh yeah there has to be <clears throat> um so we're gonna next up we're gonna talk about the uh michael vick dog fighting scandal uh so vick is now one of the flashiest players in the league um but in 2007 i, I guess he's not in the league anymore um but I'd still say he was probably one of the flashiest. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was, well, we talked about it with uh, Warren in the past episode about how Mike Vick was like the true standard of mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think at one point they were pushing him to be the new face of the league at one point. Uh, probably. I mean, I don't know. He still had sort of an issue, like attitude issue here and there. Yeah, I mean, flipping off the Philly fans, I guess. But that was after. Yeah, I mean, that was after, yeah, but... (laughs) And who wouldn't? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, give them fans credit. I mean, they're passionate about their sports team, so... Yeah. I mean... Yep. uh, At least they got good boxers. Mm, That's true. Uh, so anyway, in 2007, uh, Michael Vick was implicated in a dogfighting ring scandal that had apparently been going on for five years. Numerous dogs of Vicks were killed and many more harmed and destroyed mentally beyond belief. It was huge when Michael Vick was arrested and it shocked the NFL world. When he was eligible to play again, his former team, the Atlanta Falcons, like many others, refused to take in the convict uh i love how they i mean he he made a mistake whatever you don't have to call him a convict that's very not only that wasn't it wasn't it not he didn't actually partake in it it was done at one of his houses that his friends were using it was his brother mark it was brother marcus was involved with it Mm -hmm. yeah like but he wasn't i don't think he was directly i mean obviously it was at his house so he should know what's going on and that's always gonna be the thing but i don't think he knew because he knew that would obviously you know, fuck up his life, and it did. Yeah. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles were one of the few that accepted Mike Vick and thought he started as, though he started as a third-string quarterback, he came into the season as an MVP favorite. Um. Oh, did he really? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, this was known as the bad news dogfighting scandal. Yeah. Uh, and, and so in April of 2007, 
they the police searched a property in Surrey County, Virginia that was owned by Michael Vick. Uh, the subsequent discovery of evidence of a dog fighting ring in Newport News, Virginia, over 70 dogs, mostly pit bulls, uh, with, with some said to be showing signs of injuries, were seized along with physical evidence during several searches of Michael Vick's 15-acre property by local, state, and federal authorities. Uh, in July of 2007, Vic and three other men were indicted on federal offense and state felony charges related to a six-year-long continuing criminal enterprise of an interstate dogfighting ring known as the Bad News Kennels, based upon a local nickname for Newport News, which was Vic, Michael Vick's hometown. Uh, now, allegations included Vic's direct involvement in dogfighting, high-stakes gambling, and brutal executions of dogs. Public outcry resulted from widespread news media publicity of the details, which included hanging, drowning, electrocuting, slamming, and shooting dogs. Mm. Uh, by August 20th, all the defendants in the initial federal charges, including Michael Vick, agreed to plea or to guilty pleas under plea bargain agreements, apparently avoiding facing the possibility of additional and more serious charges under the powerful Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, uh, or the RICO Act. RICO. Which Young Thug getting put up in there now. and Gunna. Both of them. There's another one too. I forgot what the third one was, but there's three of them getting put up in that right now for like 87 charges. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's more now. I think they announced more. I mean, maybe they, but they done so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so you know, Michael Vick, he he did his time, and um, you know, he came out and and now he is an advocate for uh dogs. You know, like he he denounces everything and he was very adamant from the get-go that like he didn't partake in it it was just his property that um was used was used you know and and i guess you could say yeah he should have known but he probably owned what three or four houses and he just was like all right you know here's this you know uh, a, the thing is, he owned it, and I'm pretty sure that was like that was his name on the deed, but it was his brother's house. Yeah, I believe. So, I mean, so. he he just did it because he had the money to buy his family a house, right? Which I mean is the ultimate goal for everybody. But I mean, going tell me everybody knows what happens in a in a family houses all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hell, I live in this house, and I couldn't tell you everything that goes on. You know. 24-7. But, you know, he's a superstar, so he's, he's held at fault for everything. Everything's his fault, no matter what. Yep. So, um, this is another one of those instances where was it wrong? Yes. But at the same time, like, hmm, did he know? I mean, maybe that's something we'll never know. Did did he really know this was happening? Did he partake in it? You know, 
in, in stuff like that. Um, right. I think either way, he's definitely shown remorse from the standpoint that <clears throat> whether he did or didn't know about it, he allowed it to happen from the standpoint. It's like, yeah, sure, you know, go do what you want to do. Because um, they were his boys, you know. Um, but I think just like with everything in life, you learn, you make mistakes, you grow from it. He was able to have a career renaissance. He was able to bounce back um, in Philadelphia. Um, and then he made a stop with the Jets. He made a stop with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, so he did, you know, he did redeem himself. And now he's, um, and now I can't remember if it's ESPN or FS1. He he does, uh, I think it is FS1. He does uh, NFL. He's now an analyst for uh, FS1 now, uh, or Fox rather. Um, so he does, he is getting his life back together, um, or he, he has gotten his life back together since then. So only thing we can do at this point, yeah, you know what, you know, God bless him. He made a mistake. He paid his debt and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if people want to still, if people still feel the need to hold that against him, then that's their conscience. You know, I'm sure his conscience is clear and, you know, it's so crazy because if it's somebody that you don't like you're very slow to forgive them you know especially with something as heinous as you know the dog fighting stuff you know um but at the end of the day you know we're all humans we all make we all make mistakes you know ye who is without sin cast the first stone right uh now the the property uh 1915 moonlight road uh is is sounds like a j cole album (laughs) <laughs> well yeah uh but it is now a dog rehabil- rehabilitation center for chained and pinned canines uh and it they changed the name it is now known as the good news rehab center so I, I, or at least something I'm... at least something good came out of it yep yeah all right, uh, Raj. Anything you else you want to say about this before we move on, or no? I mean, we've I pretty much said what I need to say about the situation. You know, I, he didn't know about it, and obviously he made a mistake. Who hasn't? But since he's a superstar, he's held at a higher yep. morale standard, I guess. I mean, he's a he's a role model. And the role models a lot of make mistakes, and he literally made a mistake, and he's come back from it. He did. His, he literally did his time. How many athletes do you know actually serve their full time? Right. Exactly. That being said, though, we're going to move on to the very next one. And the next one, whoo boy, Tiger Woods and his 12 mistresses. It may be more than that now. But anyway, so we can safely assume that Tiger Woods did not spend a very happy Thanksgiving in the fall of 2009. When your wife chases you out of the house with a golf club as you speed away in the car and every human being in our country knows about it even turkey stuffing and apple pie can't cheer you up at first people thought that woods had merely crashed his car perhaps got drunk and him and his wife you know and that his wife smashed open the window with a with a golf club to get him out whatever This actually was the case for quite a while until details started leaking out. She had chased Woods after reading 
his text messages and finding intimate ones between him and a lover. It it was bad, but it became 12 times as bad with 12 following women who admitted Tiger's infidelity and said that they had had an affair with him at a certain time in his marriage. In December, after having his personal life on the cover of newspapers and tabloids for seemingly weeks on end, Woods announced he would take an indefinite leave for golf. Remember, this was in the midst of his prime. Woods got divorced, lost custody of his children, and has never truly returned to being the best golfer in the world that he once was. Um, I mean, he won the Masters in 2019. He did win the Masters in 2019, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm reading the blurb, just saying. I know, I know. Don't shoot the messenger. I, I was going to say, he's he's also had a lot of injuries, too. Yeah, the back injury and stuff like that. Um, hell, I'm surprised he made it as far as he did this past, uh, what was it, the Masters this past, this year? I'm surprised he get, he made it to the second round, you know? Um, Didn't he have I'm to not, drop out of a few in between, though? Yeah. No, he he didn't. I don't think he made the cut for the final round. I don't think he made the cut for the final round. No, I'm saying he dropped out of some tournaments in between before the Masters. Yeah, 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 yeah. He there was a couple of uh, tournaments that he didn't do. I think he said the next one he's going to do is the U.S. Open. I'm surprised he's staying in the PGA and not going to the LIV. To be honest, I mean, he may. That might be something he might do later on, but I think the PGA, I, I think the PGA tournament's the next one that he's going to be doing. Either that, or the, it might be that one or the U.S. Open. I can't remember which one comes first. Um, matter of oh, fact, oh wow, I didn't wow. know that. What's up? Uh, many courses in the PGA Tour rotation have added yardage to their tees in an effort to reduce the advantage of long hitters like Tiger Woods in a strategy that became known as tiger proofing so so yeah. really this man was so good you had to change up shit to make him worse like that to handicap him to handicap the handicap pretty much yeah get the fuck out of here well i mean let's think about this for just a quick second in the final like in the fi- tiger woods in 1997 goes 18 under par and fucking just just destroys everybody in that tournament that 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 year in the Masters. Like nobody saw. See, everybody likes to go to like 2000, 2001, 2002. Like Tiger in his prime. But 1997, no one was scared of Tiger when really they should have been. He goes 18 under par on a fucking golf course that the best of the best were able to even go just maybe three four under par he went 18 under par do you know how fucking difficult that is that is basically yes. the equivalent of getting a let's just say just for the sake of argument and i know every hole on the masters is different but that's basically you know going minus one on every single hole basically bro i mean that's that that's that's one of that is one of if not the best singles game performances of all time like I can't think of any other one like maybe maybe fucking Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points in a single game uh maybe Kyle Law maybe Kyle Lawson uh 
throwing the perfect game in the World Series. Uh, maybe, I don't know, Muhammad Ali beating George Foreman, you know, the second time. Like, thinking of all these different, like, single game performances. Like, can you tell me a better... Anyway, and I know we're talking about the scandal, but man, Tiger Woods was fucking incredible back in 1997. And his prime, you know, because he won... 97, 2001, 2002, 2005, and then he had the most recent one in 2019. You know, PG and PGA Championships, 99, 2000, 2006, 2007. He won the year, uh, aside from the Masters, in the year 2000, he won the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Open Championship all in the same year. And he was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame in 2021. And he was... An 11-time PGA Player of the Year, an 11-time PGA Tour Player of the Year, 10-time uh, uh, PGA Tour Leading Money Winner, um, a nine-time Varden Trophy Winner, a uh, a nine-time Byron Nelson Award Winner, two FedEx Cups, a Battle of the Bridges Cup, and a Champions uh, a Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2019, like. You know, he I mean, was the man. A, yeah, he's got 110 professional wins. Yeah. So. Yeah. Where is that all time? I wonder. Mm. That. I 110 all time. Um, he's definitely up there. Uh, most tournament wins. Golf. He's number two all time. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's ma- That's majors. I'm sorry. He's number two in majors all time. He is. He, he is he, with fifteen. He's, he's three behind first, Jack Nicholas. He's tied for first in PGA Tour wins. Ranks second in men's major championships and holds other golf records. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and the only one, the only one who is over Tiger right now is Jack Nicklaus, who many people said he was the greatest golfer of all time until Tiger Woods came along. I don't know, but there ain't no Arnold Palmer out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Ain't no Happy Gilmore out here, you know. Here we no. go, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Shooter, yeah. McGavin. Uh, you eat, piece, hey. you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Fucking shit. Anyway, <laughs> can, can nobody be be Happy Gilmore? <laughs> nope. But yeah, man. I mean, his man. This this guy's world fell apart uh, during like because of the scandal and everything like that and it made it turned his fucking world upside down dude let's just the fallout from all of it and yeah just... but he sort of it, it was his fault though he cheated yes he had multiple but, affairs. but <laughs> let me let, let me throw a caveat in this and ask you guys oh, we, we defending cheaters we defending cheaters no we're not defending <laughs> cheaters my question is would his world have fallen apart like it did if that was you or me. 
Well, we didn't have money. We weren't winning tournaments like that. I'm just saying. This goes back to what you said at Michael Vick. Because it's Tiger Woods, he's a celebrity. You know, at that point, you know, the best golfer in the world, he was held to a higher standard. But if that had been Lolio, Chip Talon, Roger, like, that shit wouldn't have got any kind of mainstream media coverage. You know, it would have just been us and that's it. Us yeah. and our friends. You and would have been got you would have been a whole bunch of people on Facebook saying, You fucking idiot, why are you cheating on her? Fucking moron. Fuck out my face. Like that's what that's what it would be, you know, and it, and it would have been yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have gotten it would have been it'd have been fucking it would have been like small town famous. Like, oh, it was you know, it's a small town. I don't even so think it would have been small town famous. That's the thing. I, I, uh, I really put don't. Unless you put it out there on social media. Yeah, if you put it out there on social media, then obviously, yeah, it's going to make the rounds, especially among friends and people like that. You know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Which I don't. Which I don't. Ha- I don't. I don't have any plans on infidelity anytime soon. You know. I'm, you know. I don't either. But my my thing is, is why are why are these celebrities and I, I'm I'm gonna go quote unquote celebrities uh, held to a higher standard than everybody else? They're humans too. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm not saying what he did was wrong. Uh, you know it, that was his choice. He made it. He knew that he shouldn't have been cheating on his wife. Right, but why is right. he held to a higher standard? I wish uh, I had a good answer for you, but that's not, I honest, don't really think, I don't think it's that he's held a higher standard. It's because he he is a known person and he's an athlete, and since he was having multiple affairs, that's the only reason why it sucked because he had sponsorships. Like his world came down because I mean, it, to be honest, if he was just a regular guy. And in the divorce, he probably would have lost custody of the kids and stuff like that. Still, and he probably would have lost half his assets or whatever, but he also had sponsorships and stuff like that that he had to worry about too. And that's where a big issue came to. He lost AT&T. He lost Gatorade. He lost General Motors. He lost EA. Um, uh, Tag Body Spray. The only company that stuck behind him was Nike. And that's because they were making way too much money off of him anyways. Right. I mean, but that's the weird thing. I mean, like half, I mean, the majority of his fan base was men. And I can't think of a single guy who gave a fiddler's fuck what he did. You know, like, I mean, there are some guys that's like, oh man, Tiger Woods got some strange pussy. Oh damn, I'm dropping AT&T. No, it wasn't nothing like that. I mean, they didn't care. You know, it's like, oh man, yeah, he did a fucked up thing. That's fucked up. Yeah. When's his next tournament? You know, they didn't care. You know, um, but the infidelity is definitely like, cause obviously, you know, I think had it had just been, he cheated one time, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. Well, I mean, he but, also came up with a shitty excuse of he's a sexaholic. Like his apologies didn't help him out in this little either, you know? Right. Well, I mean... But then after that, I mean, he had the arrest in 2017 for his uh, DUI. 
he had the car crash in 2021, a car crash that literally everyone thought that he was going to die in. I mean, he, 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 he was driving 80 miles an hour, nearly twice, you know, nearly twice the speed limit on the road that he was on before he crashed. You know, he damn near had, he almost had his damn leg amputated. He's walking with a limp now, you know, um, but you know, he has gotten somewhat of a resurgence this year. Um, you know, he did compete in the latest, uh, latest masters tournament, you know, uh, did what he could with it, you know, um, but it just ain't the same tiger. But then again, he's also older. He's also, you know, he's not as young as he used to. Cause like what, how, how old did we say he was? He's, he's uh 46 now, which, you know, he could still play golf at 46. I mean, he could still, what is it? The senior cup. Can he, he'll, 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 I don't think he's eligible for the senior cup yet. Um, how old is he? He's sixty four. He's uh, forty six. Why does oh, no, he say sixty four? He's got he's got four four more years. I think it's fifty when it starts. Is it fifty when the senior when the senior cup? I, is? I think it's fifty. Yeah. Let me make sure so I'm not screwing it up. Senior cup in golf. There we go. Uh, uh must oh, be well, fifty. There's different. There's yeah. different ones. It is okay. You found it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it says to qualify for the National Senior Cup, an athlete must be 50 years of age in a qualifying year and meet the qualification standards of the sport. So. Okay. Well, there you go. So, the question now is, he's got four more years before he enters into the Senior Cup. You think that he could possibly win... I mean, because would you say Chip he was tied right now for uh, most wins overall? He's tied uh, right now currently at 110. That? Let me pull it back up. I, I'd already clicked off of it. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, it's all good. So PGA Tour, he's tied first all time for 82. Uh, for okay. the European Tour, he's tied uh, third all time with 41. He has three Japan Golf Tour wins, two Asian Tour wins, three PGA Australia, Australia Asia. Uh, I always hate trying to say that word because it fucks me up. Right. Uh, he uh, he has fifteen major championship wins, which is three behind Jack Nicholas. Yeah, Jack Nicholas has eighteen, so he's three behind that, uh, and. Uh, Sam Snead, he's tied with Sam Snead for the uh, 82 PGA Tour wins. So uh, all he would need is just one more win and he'd be the the the, the all-time winner in PGA Tour uh, events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he currently leads all active golfers in career major wins and career PGA Tour wins. Uh, and he is the fifth player to achieve the career Grand, grand Slam. First was Gene uh, Sarazen, then Ben Hogan, then Gary Player, and fourth was Jack Nicholas. Uh, he's also the youngest player to ever do it, and the second golfer to achieve a career Grand Slam three times. Uh, Jack Nicholas was the first. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. 
Uh, he's only the fourth player to ever receive the presidential honor or presidential medal of freedom. It doesn't tell me who the first uh, three were. But I would say probably Jack Nicholas is one of them. Does he have that? Uh, yes. Yep. Jack Nicholas also has a PGA uh, Tour Lifetime Achievement Award and a Congressional Gold Medal. Alright. Uh, according to this, um, there have been four... Let's see. I'm trying to think. Athletes who won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, it is Dan Gable, uh, Olympic gold medalist and former University of Iowa wrestling coach, uh, former football coach Lou Holtz, Tiger Woods, Roger Penske, uh, NBA legend Jerry West. Uh, Boston Celtics legend Bob Cousy, uh, NFL Hall of Famer and retired Minnesota Supreme Court Justice Alan Page, Roger Staubach, Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Vin Scully, Willie Mays, Yogi Berra, Ernie Banks, Dean Smith. Pat Summit, Sam Musil, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, I'm almost done, uh, Buck O'Neill, Frank Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Jack Nicholas, Arnold, Arnold Palmer, Roberto Clemente, John Wooten, Hank Aaron, Arthur Ashe, Richard Petty, Ted Williams, Jackie Robinson, Paul Bear Bryant, Joe DiMaggio, Jesse Owens, and that's it. Yeah, uh, but I think it was only four golfers. Yeah, four ever. golfers. Yeah, four golfers ever. But anyway, all right. So we're gonna move on from Tiger Woods to probably one of, if not the biggest sports scandal um, of all time. Uh, Raj, go ahead. Um. Yeah. So the. Last and final on this list uh, it's one we all probably know uh, pretty well. Um, documented a lot of stuff on it. But um, last one is Hulk Hogan Ruins Wrestling for everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's close. Uh, <laughs> without uh, the blood and guts. <laughs> uh, oh, well, maybe. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, somebody got brother in their hands, brother. Yeah, he, he definitely said the word brother hard on this one. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, for real though, uh, last <laughs> one on the list, said, what, you, what you trying to say? He said brother with the hard R, yeah, he, he <laughs> lingered on that R. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, I wish that was the last one on this. No, but uh, <laughs> last one on this list, our final entry for this one, uh, is the O.J. Simpson saga. Uh, 
the most infamous scandal by far in sports history had very little to do with sports itself. And apart from the fact that a very known former athlete was heavily involved. Um, it was very debated on whether or not it, they were going to put this on the list, but, but the weird thing is like during all this, like during the chase and everything, wasn't there like, wasn't that the day that like five other big sporting events happened at the same time? Like, yeah. I think yes. we, we, we had talked about it. Um, there's a 60 for 60 for it. I can't like the June 16th or something like that, whatever it was. June like 4th, this, I think it's June 14th. Yeah. Like that specific day had so many, uh, what was it? 1994? Uh, 90, was it 94 or 97? June 12th, 1994. June 12th, 1994. Yeah. Um, yeah, June 12th, 1994. I think that was, it was like game seven of the, of the yeah. world. It was like game seven of the World Series or. Yeah, it's what called it a, the, It's called the wildest day in sports. Yes. It's June, it June 17th, 1994. June 17th. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, they uh, had a World Cup, uh, had NBA Finals, OJ. Uh, Honor Palmer played his last round of the U.S. Open. Yep. Uh, Rangers won the first, their first Stanley Cup in 54 years. Knicks and Houston played Game 5. Ken Griffey Jr. matched uh, the MLB record set by Babe Ruth. OJ, the World Cup, uh, started in the United States. Damn, a lot of stuff happened. We need to do that day as a as an episode all on its own. We should. Oh yeah. But yeah, the so June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. Uh, there is a sixty for sixty on it. It's actually really really good, and it goes into each event that happened really well. Um, Wait, did you say on. sixty for sixty? Uh, sixty. Thirty for thirty. Sorry, thirty for thirty. I was gonna say, did they they, they give me something Double new? It. It doubled is it, it. Is it a double feature? <laughs> I wish. Hell, they had. Five sporting events on one thing like this. All right, so let me go back and get back into this. Um, so in 1994, OJ Simpson was accused of killing his ex-wife, technically at the time, or they were going through a divorce or something. Um, and another no, man. It was, it was ex-wife. They, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they had been divorced for two years. Yeah. Were they divorced uh, or were they separated? Uh, well, she was. They, according to. Uh, her Wikipedia page, they were married from 85 to 92. And okay. it says two years after her divorce from Simpson, Brown was killed out of her home in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his ex-wife and another man, Ron Goldstein or something like that. Ron uh, Goldman. Ron, Go- Ron Goldman, Ron Go- yeah. So he's, he's uh, when he did it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do believe that OJ had an accomplice though. <laughs> Uh, on live tv oj simpson drove away from the cops for an inordinate amount of time and one of the most insane moments in television history um that wwe used for wrestlemania 12 during the uh hollywood backlight bra (laughs) (laughs) the greatest match in wrestlemania history second greatest (laughs) oh you're right the uh lingerie pillow fight was number one right uh, wait, which one? I don't know. Okay. Was there more than one? <laughs> yeah, I believe there was more than wow. one. Wow. Um, God, I'm... No. Um, <laughs> <sighs> but 
but no one could run away forever and since oj was caught it was declared he would go to federal court and there after nine months of trial um simpson and one of the most notorious court rulings in recent history was found not guilty um this is after numerous dna samples had made it seemingly evident that he was at fault as well as holes in his story um perhaps the most known part was when the court asked simpson to put on a glove the one whose prints were found on the glove and thought it obviously fit he faked a struggle to put it on and utter and then the famous words uttered by john cochran if the glove don't fit you must quit you must quit um yeah, such a the jury was so bad um there are a few people well, in america who would deny that he was guilty yet he was found not guilty in a moment of disbelief for audiences everywhere go ahead chip <laughs> I, I was gonna say the reason the glove didn't fit is because they had him put the glove on while there was another glove already on his hand yeah well not, not only that he stretched out his hands so it would seem like so his hand would be bigger than what it was to struggle to get on but i mean the thing the issue the thing that made Cochran such a good lawyer is that he turned this from a murder case to a racially biased case. Yes. Because unfortunately, one of the cops that was the main, well, one of the main people on it was, uh, what was it, Furman? That was like, was found to be like a neo Nazi or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And then he found some of the evidence, so they thought it was tampered or played. Like he was able to turn it around and spin it. But man, come on. This man had blood leading up to his car. Sped what, up. Wasn't there blood in the car? Yeah, there was blood in the trunk of the car. Low, low high speed chase because he wasn't going fast for a while, then he didn't. Threatened to kill himself in his car while on the phone with the police while they were chasing him. Even has, I mean, supposedly there was a suicide note, apparently. Yeah, like, then he wrote a book, said, if I had did it. Right. I yeah. mean, come on, OJ. But uh, I've got to find that one thing that I read about the guy that they actually believed helped him was a chef at another restaurant um, that what during the time of the murders, the knife, his cooking knives and him were missing and that 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 restaurant they still hadn't converted over to like electronic punches it was still paper it was 1994 so i mean i was using the electronic ones so everything was handwritten but a lot of the people that worked there remember the guy being gone super early but his time card obviously wrote that he was there the whole time so wasn't wasn't uh, because ron goldman was the waiter at the restaurant at an a restaurant at a but the, so not the same restaurant as the chef that no it was a no. chef at another restaurant that nicole went to a lot and people thought that he was another man in her life or he may have thought that maybe they were really close friends but it was also a passion a quote-unquote like the conspiracy or the i don't even want to say it's a conspiracy i mean obviously it's a conspiracy theory because it's not proven you know true or anything but like the evidence point out makes sense and like it's not like just like random people were like saying yeah i saw him or not it was like his own staff said like this guy was gone and his knives were gone and he was weird and him and nicole were close and he found out that she was seeing somebody else and he was angry about like it's not like it was just made up randomly it's like people that worked with him all the time 
yeah. Uh, so there is, um, there is a conspiracy theory that uh, OJ's son actually killed her. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, it says. Uh, According to this, there's a theory that's received the most traction in the mainstream media is private detective Bill Deere's suspicion that the real killer was Jason Simpson, OJ's son from his first marriage. Uh, Deere outlined his findings in a BBC documentary called OJ Simpson, The Untold Story, and later published a book, OJ is Guilty But Not of Murder. Jason's, Jason was obsessed with his stepmom and he killed her in a jealous rage after she skipped a family dinner he had planned. OJ, in his telling, arrived later to help his son cover up the crime. Uh, Deer's evidence is largely circumstantial. Jason Simpson's alleged history of violent mental illness obtained, Deer's critics say illegally, as well as holes in Jason's official alibi. His theory was has received favorable or at least not entirely incredulous covering from the independent and the Huffington post, but former village voice editor, Tony Ortega says the detective is full of it. Uh, Deer's timeline for that night is a complete farce and his idea for how OJ Simpson's blood ended up at the scene are beyond preposterous. So I guess look can I can I ask this real quick question? If this exact trial happened today, do you think the verdict would be different? If it happened exactly uh, the way if it, it happened did? if it happened exactly the way that it happened, all the cases is presented the same way, nothing changed about this case. Uh I mean but Johnny if Parker was, would have to be alive. Okay, let's let's stick to the fa- okay. If the trial happened today with all the technology that we have, with everything that we have, you know, with the way the law is and stuff like that, if this case was tried today, would the verdict be different? I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean they let George Zimmerman and Casey Anthony get away with their stuff with all the evidence, all the DNA, all the video proof, everything they needed, cell tracking, everything like that. And they were still um, acquitted or found not guilty, I guess. So OJ would definitely run away with it because he's an athlete. Chip? No, I, I said I, I think it, the verdict would stay the same. Okay. I don't think it would change at all. Okay. Uh, be, it, it, it has to happen exactly like it did, though. Like, you know, the it's the full team, everything. Uh, because that's what made Johnny Cochran so good. Like Roger was saying, he turned it from being a murder trial to a race trial. Like, it, it became racially motivated. And... Uh, it was all down to everybody said OJ killed her because he's black and all this like it it, it really quickly changed from being a murder trial to, to 
something completely different. And that's what made Johnny Cochran so good. Right. And if it wasn't for this trial, we wouldn't have made a Kardashian famous. Now well, that's true. So thanks, OJ. I don't know about that. I think <laughs> I think Kim still would have. Speaking of which, did you guys see that Ray J came out and said that Chris Jenner came up with the idea for the sex tape? No. Damn. Yeah. Apparently, he said that Chris Jenner planned the, uh, the sex tape, and he's the one that leaked it, so they would get famous. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, Paris uh, Hilton had a sex tape. Why not, right? <laughs> but anyway, that being said, uh, yeah. So we've talked about five good ones tonight. Out of all the ones that we've talked about over the last four episodes, which ones interested you the most maybe that's the wrong word to say like which ones did you find the most i mean they're all interesting in their own aspect which ones did you like find interesting the most um uh i mean we knew like 95 percent of these i'm pretty sure yeah right I didn't know the Salt Lake City one, so that one probably was. That one, I didn't know about the uh, Spanish uh, Paralympics basketball team. Yeah, I didn't know that one either. And other yeah. than that, I think those are really two I didn't know about. So those were. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't, I, I didn't know about the rugby player using blood capsules. Oh, yeah, that one's funny to me, though. Yeah, that one. Because yeah. he was so bad. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Uh. I think that was the only three that I know of. I pretty much knew about all the rest of them. Yeah, I think I think probably the Salt Lake City one. Like, I think yeah, I think that might be the one. Because, I mean, it's a bribery for us to get the Winter Olympics. And the only other one I didn't know was the Paralympics. Both, uh, both Olympics cheating scandals, pretty much. Or, because... Uh, I don't even want to say uh, they're not conspiracies. They're scandal. Yeah, scandals would be the only thing really way to say it. Like, or maybe the Spanish. I don't know. The Spanish one is kind of messed up though. They they cheated it away from people with disabilities and stuff. Right. Yeah. But that being said, uh, again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the last uh, four episodes of Something About Sports where we talk about the 20 biggest scandals in sports. Uh, come back next week. We're going to have a brand new list for you guys. And uh, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here tonight? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Raj? Uh, just a big shout-out to, you know, Audible for, you know, giving us great support and you know, I love it. I got back into using Audible because you know why? I like listening to books because I don't have time to read all the time. Uh, you know, uh, I I did too. <laughs> it's ironic. <laughs> uh, and if you want to read any of the books we talked about in this episode, go to audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio for 30 days free. Absolutely. Uh, and Chip, by the way, if anybody wants to get some cool anime stuff, where can they go? Uh, GearAnime.com forward slash movement radio. Uh, 
like like I say every episode since they uh, agreed to partner with us. If you like anime and you like shoes, go to gearanime.com forward slash movement radio. Exactly. I've, I've been looking at a few pairs because I'm so tempted to get some yeah. some high tops. So yes, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get them Tokyo Ghouls, man. Them Tokyo Ghouls look freaking awesome. Um, that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, got a lot of shout outs because we've added a whole lot of people to this uh, endeavor with us, and we thank all of you guys for your love and support as well. Uh, obviously, Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training, Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations Podcast, Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, all of our buddies at These Ninjas Podcast, our good friend Sean Miller, should I watch that, Cover 2 Sports with our boy Damon uh, Smith, uh, yeah, man, it's 24,000 downloads. I don't know when we're going to get to 25. I think we're, are we close to 25 now? Um, let me double uh, check. I, I want to yeah, I think we're less than 400 away. Less than 400 away. Let's get it up there, guys. Let's get, get us 25,000. We're at 24. Yeah, we're, we're 334 away. Yeah. yeah. So you guys download, do what you got to do. Uh, by the way, if you guys are listening to this, obviously you're going to be listening to this on Thursday. Tomorrow, which is going to be, as of this recording, it's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday. But May 20th is going to be the cutoff date for you guys to vote on our Rock Retrospective poll on the Movement Radio fan page. Um, obviously, uh, the... the uh, the format has changed for Rock Retrospective, and we are going to be doing an album and sending a deep dive into a, a band. We're going to be taking a deep dive into different albums. Um, and, of course, you're going to go to the Movement Radio uh, fan page on Facebook, take a poll. Um, you know, I don't know what the poll looks like right now, but the poll will end tomorrow, May 20th. So make sure you go vote. Make sure you go uh, check it out. Of course, all the social pages as well. That being said... Thank you guys so much. We love you and we appreciate you guys. Let's hit it with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.